Howdy friends, welcome to Experience Design with Tony Dosat. I happen to be Tony Dosat. Now listen, before we jump into this week's conversation, if you are a UX designer that is having a hard time getting a job or landing an interview or even getting noticed, I made an online course just for you. It's the course I wish I had when I was out there trying to find work. So head over to HiredUX.com, H-I-R-E-D-U-X.com, and there I'm going to teach you the tools, mindset, and process you need to stand out above the crowd and get hired. Now then, with that out of the way, let's get into the interview. My guest this week is an author, speaker, digital transformation, and product consultant, and the co-founder and CEO at Emerge Interactive, where he works with clients to transform business strategies, user needs, and new technologies into valuable products and services. It's my pleasure to introduce to you today the man, Jonathan Hensley. What's up, dude? Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Tony. It's great to be here. I always feel a little strange, to be quite honest. We've already chatted before I pressed record, and I'm like, hey, man, thanks. And then I did the intro, and I'm like, hey, thanks. So, you know, you can never have too much gratitude is what I think. No. And you did great. It was, it was spot on. <laughs> well, thank you. Listen, to start, we're just going to hit it out of the park right away, because one of the things that popped out to me on your LinkedIn bio was this quote and this idea of to move people to action and to inspire and motivate a team to focus on what matters. So in jumping right in, my first question to you would be, what matters? Well, that's, I think, the, uh, the quintessential question, right? I mean, we all have, we connect with things that matter to us. And when we think about what matters today versus tomorrow can be really dramatically different for an organization. And what it really comes down to, from my perspective, is building alignment towards the things that matter in your life, in your products, and understanding how that connects with the uh, the market that you're trying to support. So it really just comes down to the simple thing of understanding what alignment is. So this idea of alignment inside an organization, inside of a team within the organization, cross teams, I imagine, before we get into the meaning of that... How do you bring in, or how might we, that famous design thinking idea, how might we bring in what personally matters to us and infuse that into our teams? Do you ever think about that? All the time. I mean, I think when we bring ourselves in, I mean, you know, one of the things that's really interesting to me is, you know, you hear people talk about people are the most important part of our business. Yeah. And not a lot of time is, is spent and, or not nearly as much time is spent as it should be in aligning with those people there and helping them understand what their contribution means. Mm. And I think we all want to have a contribution, you know, we, a purpose. And when we say, you know, we're hiring you because we need creative problem solvers. I mean, I think in the design field, we deal with this all the time, right? That's what we're there to do. We're not just there to make things look good. We're there to make things work better. I mean, yeah. that's the whole idea around design thinking, right? We're there to be champions of empathy and champions of, of understanding human behavior. And that requires us to align to our contribution and understand it. And so there's a really personal thing that I think happens 
and the best performing teams and some of the best designers, even, you know, engineers and, and product leaders that I've ever gotten to meet, that's common. They understand what their contribution is and they align that and they take that responsibility on. That's not for the organization. They seek that out. They go, I need to make sure I understand this so I can do the best work. Yeah, that's a really great point. And doing the best work, I mean, you have to bring yourself to the table. And it's tricky because we're taught that, or we learn that the best way to not be offended, to sort of avoid confrontation or getting feelings hurt is this idea of not making the work personal. However, when we're dealing with themes like empathy and trust, especially in things like collaboration, you got to get personal, right? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a huge difference of if you care, it shows, right? You, you mm -hmm. can tell when you meet somebody if they're genuinely engaged in a conversation with you or not, right? Are they just having small talk for the sake of because it's polite? I mean, there's a huge difference. We all experience that. We all feel that. We see it with brands that, you know, how much do we trust a brand? I mean, just an interesting little exercise, you know, put 20 logos on a screen and see what, how you react emotionally to each one of them, mm -hmm. right? As human beings, we innately just know, do we have a trusted connection with this or not? You know, how you feel about one brand is totally different than another. And it's, it's why we build connections and affinity with people and things. So I think it's really important, you know, to also understand that organizations now have to think about these things in a very different lens. Is this what Emerge Interactive does? You guys yeah, come in and absolutely. you help you help organizations gain this alignment? It's a huge part of what we do. I think when you're creating products, you have to be able to understand, you know, alignment is, I think, one of the most important things to understanding how you create successful products. If you're not aligned with the market, you don't have market fit, failure. Mm -hmm. If you don't have alignment in your organization, you have, I mean, countless opportunities to internally sabotage your own success. It doesn't matter how good the idea is. You know, I've seen misalignment ruin the best ideas, completely erode trust, undermine leadership, mm. um, you know, fracture entire organizations. Now you have teams fighting against each other. I mean, that is essentially, you know, at its core, a misalignment. You know, How do you and audit we're that? all at a company to realize a certain goal or to deliver a certain amount of value into the world, you know, that conflict, you know, should be managed. It can be something that we can actually turn from conflict into a strategic advantage because we've all spent the time on aligning people. I mean, I see this with design all the time, you know, especially designers, because as designers, we are empowered at the front lines. We're saying, go, go find out what customers want from us. Go talk to them, engage them, interview, observe, you know, whatever your methodology is, but you're asked there to connect with them. You're asked there to be that voice of reason. And how often our team saying, well, what I really want you to go do is don't give me unique insight. That might be the ask. That's not really the question. The question is, go validate our idea. Mm, yeah. Go help me understand that my bias, go prove it for me. That's dangerous. When we're asked to design experiences and drive improvement products and we want to drive outcomes versus deliverables, we really have to you know, step outside of that. And that requires us to be aligned with you know, the intentions of the organization and what we're trying to achieve. And so we're able to consciously also step away from bias. 
there's so many <laughs> notes I just took. <laughs> we have to dive into some of this because these are some nugget bombs you just dropped. Okay, backpedaling a bit. When you go in, how do you assess or audit the teams or organizations in their attempt for alignment or their lack misalignment? Is there an audit process? What do you do? Well, there's a couple of things, but I think what I start with in almost every case is just looking at what I would consider the foundation. Mm. So what I'm looking for is, you know, basically four parts of alignment. We've talked about individual a little bit, a little bit about market, but team alignment. So what that deals with is building alignment across all the unique disciplines that are working on that product or that digital experience and really making sure that they're focused on solving the same problem. So that starts with something that's really fundamental, that is in really powerful advantage for the right organization that knows how to apply it, which is, do we have a common language? And most importantly, do we have a shared understanding Mm. of that language? So every industry, every company has a shorthand, a way of talking about things, little acronyms they love to use. And I think as designers, we also run into all the time, we see people talking about, well, I want to be customer-centric. Yeah. Okay. And then you see organizations start saying, okay, we're now customer-centric. We're going to develop customer-centered products. We're going to apply design thinking. We're going to be agile in the way that we work. Most people don't fully engage that. They're really just trying to do faster waterfall. And what ends up happening is they're missing the opportunity to really say, okay, When you talk about customer experience, what does that mean to you? When you say being customer-centric, what does that mean? Tell me what that means. When I say that, what do you hear? That little simple question of what do you hear when I say this is transformative in an organization, in a team when you're trying to build alignment because it helps you understand. So we're looking at it at multiple dimensions to get back to your your core question is what do we do? We want to understand, does everybody have a shared understanding of the vision of the company, where they're trying to take the product, you know, the problem they're solving that the product solves, you know, the outcome that they want for the user and the outcome they want for the business. And how are they going to measure that? If you don't have that foundation, you can't align all the different disciplines and especially all the cross-functional teams you need to collaborate with to move that forward. And one of the biggest misses we see all the time is there's these incredible visions for a product, but it's not anchored to the mission of the company. Mm, How do I get senior leadership? And and when I'm trying to manage expectations and move something forward, how do I go out there into the world and do this research and engage with customers without knowing that things are anchored? It's not just open space, let's innovate and let's explore what happens. That happens in these incubator and these smaller teams and big organizations. But we have to have some level of focus. It's empowering. It's not limiting. It allows us to ask better questions when we're developing products. I think that is so true, especially what you said. Because a lot of times we get into this trap of innovating for the sake of innovation instead of you know holding it to those foundations, like you said, and saying, is this in alignment with our foundation? And that can evolve, right? Like your foundation can Absolutely. evolve and grow and probably it should. You know, Jesus is pretty famous for saying, I'm not going to get the quote perfect, but, you know, essentially, you know, they're very, very strict on strategy. They're very, you know, adaptable to how they're going to get there, right? Or, you know, how the planning. And 
It's interesting when you look at what's happening a lot for a lot of organizations, they look at planning as absolutes. Well, it's this schedule. It's this budget. It has to be this thing. You know, it's like, well, that's not how we develop great products. We develop great products by having a destination, understanding the problem and never losing sight. I mean, the number one thing we have to do is be in love with the problem. The solution does not matter. Mm. So we are oh, able to that. create enough value for the customer where they're willing to give us an exchange and use most cases money for it. And at the same time, it has to be enough value, not just for one time, but to retain them. And if we can't retain that customer with enough value, there's nothing left for the business, which means the business will not last. You know, so there's this idea of value has to be understood as much as alignment when we think about some of those things. What did you say? You've got to be in love with the problem and not the solution. Is that what you said? Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I'm going to have to do an IG post and quote you on that <laughs> because, man, is that true? And I instantly thought of detectives or doctors, physicians, Sherlock Holmes, even when they're investigating. I don't know if they're necessarily obsessed with the solution to it, but all of the stuff that goes into determining what the problem is in the diagnosis and the discovery there, that is so interesting to me. You've blown off my socks, <laughs> Jonathan, with that one. I'm going to have to noodle on that for like a couple days. Well, good. I'm glad I got you something <laughs> that's, that's uh, getting the wheels spinning on that. It's a funny situation too, because when you think about innovation, right? We think about it as usually kind of incremental or continuous improvement or kind of transformative. How are we going to disrupt, yeah. you know, the market or, you know, whatever we're doing. If we don't, you know, think of this in this way, MVP, which, you know, is a whole nother show we could probably talk about, but, <laughs> you know, MVP in itself, what is it? It's the best solution you can provide to a problem based on your constraints. Yeah. It's what moves you towards your strategic goal? And with your own constraints, how can you best solve that problem? But every evolution of the product isn't a better evolution of that solution. It's a better evolution of the, so how can you solve the problem better? That's what creates market fit. That's what recreates you know, business resiliency. And that's how you manage you know, uncertainty. You know, if I don't know what's going to happen in the market and I'm in love with my solution, before, I might wake up one day and realize my, I've been disrupted. Mm. If I fall in love with the problem, I'm looking at a very different landscape wow. than someone. And that's really powerful, I think, as designers or as researchers, as people that are literally paid for a living to solve problems. We have to hold on to that. Our goal is to understand it better and better and better. And as we do, we start to see not just the root causes of the problem. We start to see all the symptomatic issues that build around it. And that's how we build incredible experiences. We start to solve all those little moments. Yeah, you're so right. We've got to hold on to that. Let me ask you something really quick in a pivot here. It has to do with alignment and all these things, obviously. But you wrote a piece about why collaboration doesn't work. And I think that, listen, when you go into interviews or you read job descriptions or go to the marketing site for a lot of these organizations, they will champion collaboration and cross-functional and empathy and all these things. And then you get in the job and it's like, huh, that was hogwash. So 
how do you get that like true this is legitimate collaboration what do you need as a team what do you need as an individual so i think two things and i wrote about this in the article is you know one is alignment and the other one is trust and so you know stephen m r covey who wrote the book the speed of trust illustrates this beautifully you can coordinate with anybody so you meet somebody you're new to a team whether you like them or not doesn't matter you can coordinate with them you can organize a calendar schedule a meeting when you start thinking about really problem solving what we're being asked to do you know it goes back to building that trust and that trust comes from things like do we have a shared understanding of being user centered do we understand when we talk about the customer are we thinking about the same person do we understand the problem in the same way these allow us to accelerate collaboration right i mean if you think about it, collaboration is meant to accelerate problem solving so we can get to a better outcome mm-hmm. and there a lot of times the foundation for that is missing and so that collaboration that actually true collaboration and that acceleration requires us to develop trust which means we have to individually and as organizations invest into building trust one of the key things we can do to help us do that is to work on building alignment right what? if i understand like you and i look at things the same way or we understand the problem i now have an inherent trust of that in you i can now tap into your skills and your expertise and i can pivot because i know we have that foundation to work from and so it's really important there and i think collaboration is you know there's great collaboration tools that they're enablers they are not the essence of collaboration mm-hmm. between people to unlock you know critical thinking and different points of view that allow us to design great things so it's that essence that you know when we talk about you know really in driving collaboration in an organization that you have to fundamentally work on that. The one thing I don't want to let go of because I think it's really important and I'll just throw this in there too is that collaboration is also built most effectively on a learning culture. Oh yeah. So a culture that is willing to learn sees that iteration is opportunity. Not and so when people are rushing to deliverables versus outcomes, you know, you're really, you know, it's almost like trying to operate with one arm tied behind your back. You are, you know, closing the opportunity space of what's possible and how to collaborate because it's more important to get it done than it is to make an impact. And so that's something that I think every organization really has to take a hard look at. That is vital to do. I mean, it really is that the learning culture is everything. You can give me ping pong tables and bean bag chairs and all the things, which I have right now, which is like great. I, you know, I love Bottle Rocket. But what they have that I really loved more than anything is that learning culture like you talk about, the conscious curiosity that everyone has and possesses, and it informs how they operate and how they go about their day and how they try to attack those problems. Okay, so I'm going to do something here, which is a first for this show. Here we are. Hot off the press, experience design podcast with Jonathan Hensley. Before we get to my final question, I want to do a little fun thing. We like to have fun here, right? Come on. Okay. I'm going to grab this right here. It's called Pod Decks. This is not a promotion. It's not a paid thing. But there's a guy on Instagram and for podcast host, he created these little deck of cards for questions. And I thought it'd be fun 
to try it out. And who better than Jonathan? Come on. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. This is a good one. I just pulled a random one. And, oh my gosh, how fitting. What is the trait you most deplore in yourself? Taking things personally and whatnot. Man, that hits right to the core. That of does. Oh, that's a really good question. What trait do I deplore the most in myself? And if we want to switch it to like, what have I got? What do I need to work on? Instead of like, well, what, you know what? Hey, no pulling no punches. I love it. Okay. Uh, I, you know, I'm all for it. I think, you know, one of the things that I really work on is patience. Mm. It's, you know, I think being in an industry that moves so quickly, so fast for so long has kind of shifted my patience for things. And, it's, and honestly, it's mostly patience for myself. I believe in patience is one of the most important things you can have when you're working with people and, and leading teams, but I'm not very patient with myself. So I think that's something that I'm really working on to be a little bit uh, more rounded out individual. Hey, that's a great answer. You know, that a great, you know, trait for humans and designers alike is self-awareness. And if we can have that, then man, you've, the rest of the list is just like, check, 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 check. Yeah. Lifelong pursuit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) My answer would be, man, do I love me some junk food anyway? Okay. (laughs) All right. Before I hit you with the last question, where do you want people to go connect with you and your business? Yeah, well, I'm very active on LinkedIn. If anybody would like to to reach out and connect or follow me, I'm publishing content uh, there all the time. And then, as you mentioned, I have a new book coming out around alignment and a lot of the things that we're talking about today. And if you'd like to get a free copy of that, please go to emergentinteractive.com slash podcast, and you can sign up and be one of the first people to get the book when it comes out here in just the next couple months. That is awesome. And I'm going to leave a link for that in the show notes. That's cool. Thanks for doing that. Okay. Final question. Question I ask every guest, which is what non-digital object or thing that you own or possess means the most to you or has impacted your life the most and why? For me, it sounds mundane. I know it it might sound very silly to those listening, but one of the things that I've had since a kid is this rock, perfectly smooth river rock. And maybe it's just ironic where I've ended up, but I've thought about the friction of what it's taken to turn that rock into the perfect smooth thing that it is. And when I think about the work that I do, I feel like I'm, or the work I need to do on myself, even it's always about trying to smooth out those edges and and come to that. And, you know, that took a long time to get that rock to be what it is. And it, it sits on my desk. So it sounds really silly. Why would that be so important? But it's more of, it's a metaphor for a lot of the work that I do. And it's an important little piece. Hey, I think that's really deep. I don't think that's silly at all. I think that is really something to take something that is so, you know, found everywhere and that you connected with it in that way is really something special, quite frankly. Thank you. <laughs> well, listen, thank you for coming on. Jonathan Hensley, co founder and CEO of Emerge Interactive. Hope you have a great day and we will talk to you next time. Sounds great. Thank you so much again for having me, Tony. Thank you so much for tuning in this week, friends. Now, before you go, I want to remind you about the course I created for all of you UX designers trying to get a job out there. Be sure to check out HiredUX.com. And lastly, I'd like to give a big shout out to my guest and to my Patreon supporters. There's a link in the description to help me out on Patreon if that floats your boat. 
Anyway, of course, a special shout out to my executive producer, Brian Sullivan. Now, until next week, friends, I can't wait to have you back. Just stay curious. Experience Design with Tony Dosat is part of XD Media, LLC. All opinions are my own and do not reflect those of my current or former employers. <laughs>